Hey, it's Tyler Sagan. Across, in front, loose puck, Sagan scored! Did you know there's a digital home for Texas hockey? Download the official Dallas Stars app, powered by AT&T, to access and easily manage your tickets. Plus, receive access to exclusive in-app contests, streaming, and so much more. Download it now on the App Store and Google Play Store by searching Dallas Stars. The official Dallas Stars app is the only way to manage your Stars tickets. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Well, welcome once again, everyone. And our Stars are off and running early. A blistering start to the season. All but one point earned over the first five games. Not perfect. And not perfect in the games, but winning. 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 And that is the whole goal. You're out there. That's why they keep score. That's why there's a scoreboard. That's why there's updates. You want to win. And it starts in goal and feeds from there. Jake Ottinger has been fantastic. In in finish, I was so disappointed uh, that the Finns, I thought I had it nailed, that they would call Jake Ottinger Sauko, which I believe in Finnish means otter. And they're like, no, we call him otter. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> dang, dang, dang. But anyway, they awaken this morning, Mike Heike, in a tango with the avalanche atop the central, right? I believe that's true. Yeah. So uh, just maybe briefly, uh, we're five games in. What's your general sense of things? Uh, it's a, the same thing Pete always talks about. It's, they have a lot of work to do, but it sure is a lot easier doing that work when you're collecting points. Um, so when you look at, you know, like even last game, I think uh, they were outshot by quite a bit. Uh, the game before, they were outshot by quite a bit. Those are things that bother me, especially because I thought heading into this season, Pete DeBoer has a history of uh, winning those battles, being plus four, plus five in shots on goal. And so, you know, I do think there's a lot behind getting that right. Uh, but the fact that Jake Ottinger uh, and Scott Wedgwood in one game uh, have really given them the backbone and the positivity to, you know, work on all their little problems without getting mad at each other. Uh, I mm. think that's a big thing. Yeah, that's uh, always been the great thing about hockey. I said it last night on the broadcast that if you look at hockey and golf and you and you look at the similarities between the two of them, if you look at golf and you look at the putter, you'd look at hockey and you look at the goaltender. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're not really related to one another when you think of how the rest of the game works. But you can be just hitting it all over the yard in golf and you scramble, get on there, and you start draining 40-foot putts. And by the end of the round, you got a pretty decent score. Yeah, you're doing good. Or you can be pounding it down the middle on in regulation and just absolutely suck with the flat stick, and you don't score very well at all. And it's kind of the same with what goes on in hockey. You you can have all these things that obviously you'd like to be better 
or certain areas that you'd like to be a little bit better or even moments within the game that you need to survive and that position can help you survive it. If, yeah. if, if you have truly elite and consistent elite net binding, and that's what Jake has provided. And, and Scott, you know, I, I, I was really hoping that they would, they would give him a tidy game at home against the Flyers and, you know, it was a winning game and that's all yeah. that you really care about. It was a rather uh, bizarre way to get there, but they got there in dramatic fashion and, and away we go um, to the two-step of Pennsylvania. Hey, can I use my Colombo card early in this one? Oh, God, sure. Try to move um, on to Miro, but go ahead. I know, but well, there, I, this is why the timing's perfect. What does Jake do? You're a goalie. You watch him. And I think the fans watch him go, oh, he stopped the puck. It's great. Hey, but what does he do that's so good? I mean, obviously, he's big. He's athletic. But does he anticipate play? Does he just let the puck hit him? Is he calm? Yeah, well, it's all those things. But he, he he's a wonderful, it's, it's focus, a combination of, of his focus, just athletic ability. I, I think because of uh, big goaltenders and their size, sometimes they don't get the accolades for being as athletic as they are. You know, little guys, it's easy to see because they, yeah. they are, are smaller guys uh, because they have to cover so much real estate. With big guys, it's like, well, you know, he was just there and it hit him. Well, what got him there and allowed it, the puck to just hit him is that athletic ability. And and uh, he's he's a terrific athlete. And uh, I was just talking about golf, man. He, he can play that game. He can whack the egg. And... He he's really learned how to read the game and deal with traffic. If there's one thing that I've noticed in the, what, it's only like what three years? <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. Two and a half. Three years is his ability to sense what's going on. Like last night, I thought he was excellent in Pittsburgh in doing this. Just don't stay too deep. Don't get too far out. It's there's a there's a happy place, and sometimes you need to be out. And sometimes you need to be back. And the more a goaltender's back in his crease, it, it allows him to cover laterally. The more he's out of his crease and, and challenging a little bit, he can eat up deflections and, and things like that and take angles away from shooters. So uh, I, I, think he's, I think he's phenomenal at it and getting better. And I, I, so if you combine all those things you were alluding to, Mike, yeah. you know, like you have, you have size, athleticism, uh, really smart at the position, works diligently at it and is and is really really competitive i mean he's such a calm guy when you talk to him nothing seems to he's not that excitable you know but man when he's in a game he he's as competitive i think as as anybody out there and it shows up in the statistics doesn't it yes it does it's funny last night i was talking to matthew shane and you know i know it's only been two years or two and a half years whatever with jake and but we're all kind of used to it and he was like holy cow that guy's good yeah. like you know uc sorrow's good and he said he goes you know we used to feel bad that we'd hang uc out to dry in in nashville he goes but i he goes i like i like going and getting a win and to, you know pat the goalie on the back and say hey thanks for doing that he goes I, i'm used to that kind of experience well, yeah, he likes going the other direction. Uh, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's a freedom that you get from having one of those world class guys back there yeah. 
at that position or having, you know, in today's day, you have to have two guys back there that you trust are going to bail you out because there are going to be mistakes, but you trust that you can go kind of pedal to the metal the other direction and understand that you're going to survive a mistake here, or there, or a bobble puck or penalty or whatever it yeah. is, right? And that's the other thing that, that's been incredible here in the young season is his his uh, abilities within the structure of the Stars penalty kill, which has been perfect. Yeah. And, no, he's been, uh, the, he's been the reason for it, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I never want to fully give the goaltender credit, just 97% of it yeah, you know. uh, in situations like that. But the guys in front uh, have worked like a like like a four finger fist, you know what I mean? Yep. And with the goaltender five, and with that they've they've just clocked opposing power plays right in the chops and killed them all to steal a phrase from Metallica. <laughs> uh, good fun this morning. Hey, speaking of speaking of the twenty seventeens and. Uh, Another one, Robo got his first goal there the other night in a game. A little shootout action, as always, with him. The other guy, the first guy that was drafted back in, in 2017, Miro Haskinen. I, I got thinking about this, and, you know, I, I, hope, I hope Jake figures in the Vesna voting at the end of the year. I mean, he finished fifth last year. I, I think, well, there's no question. Like, if he continues to play at the level he is right right now and why would he not yep he's he will at least be a finalist like at least be top three if not take it home that that you we're witnessing like vezina level caliber net binding from him and if you watch miro haskin and most nights he provides norris level defenseman play as the best d-man in the league we saw the reigning guy last night in Eric Carlson, who's won three of them now. And, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of that is just point driven mirrors the whole package. So I was looking at the six year run and it's hard to believe it's been, it's six years of, of him. He's a young man. He's 24, (laughs) but look at the growth insanely talented as he arrives in the NHL and he, he arrives NHL ready, like just steps right in moves the puck skates defends with all kinds of grace you know the grace of a dancer uh and he then excels in the bubble remember that oh yeah the run to the surreal final in edmonton and i mean he he is the tip of the star's spear in that he 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 and john klingberg together Led the stars basically in in offense, as uh, Rick Bonus just released the hounds in the mini camp, and away they went uh, with the D joining. And then he adds power play QB one and a ton of points last year with the departure of John Klingberg. Then a run to the conference final last spring, where after it you can kind of sense that he's finding his vocal confidence along with all the confidence that he has in his abilities on the ice 
talked about or was asked about whether the season, you know, was a failure or not because they didn't win at all. And a lot of guys would kind of couch that a little bit. And he's like, no, failure, (laughs) failure. (laughs) I want to win. I want to win it all. And then somebody, I think it was, was it in Finland? Somebody asked him about the Norris. Yep. And uh, his answer was straight up, yeah, I want to be the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. How great is that? Yes. Now this season, he he looks like he's added physicality yes. a little bit. Yeah. That and, reversal? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my gosh. When, it, when I saw him, I'm like, holy cow, what a hit. It's so used to him having to dodge guys trying to take his head off. Very much like Sergei Zubov back in the day, or yeah. even John Klingberg, you know, like guys would just like put it in Klingberg's corner and go pound him. And then he's, he was such an elusive, wiry guy that he was hard to staple. The same thing with Zubov. And I've said before, it's like trying to hammer a nail into jello on a tree. Like, good luck. <laughs> he's not going to stay there very long. But I wonder whether it's him saying, I'm going to show that I can truly do it all. Like if, if this award is going to go to a defenseman that can truly do it all, where is the, where's the hole? Where's the weakness in Miro's game? Yeah. It's, it's a great point because, <clears throat> excuse me, most of the time the award's given to the guy who has the most points. And that's probably not going to be Miro. I mean, he's going to be a good point scorer, but he's not going to be... I, I'm guessing he's not going to be a hundred point guy like, you know, like Carlson is. And so the, it would be almost revolutionary for him to, you know, get in that mode, almost like Lidstrom was where, you know, you're up there with the best offensive ones, but you're, you're the complete package. Um, and so I, I'm cheering for him. Uh, yeah. and, and again, you, you, like I said, you, you watch him and you just see the confidence grow. Mm. Um, it, <laughs> it's funny. You know, I always go back to that uh, uh, Spider-Man line uh, with with great power comes great responsibility. I think he feels the responsibility. Mm-hmm. You look at him and he's like, this is my group of defensemen and I need to lead them. And, you know, he's not going to say that, but you just see in him that he accepts it. He wants to be the best defenseman on the team. He wants to be one of the leaders on the team. And, you know, he wants to win. And I, I don't know. I just you feel that from him. Yeah, pretty remarkable little uh, start to his career. And it's not even a start now. Like, he's yeah. he's starting to get into the meat of it. Uh, so Miro arrived NHL ready and prepped for the workload after the Stars chose him third overall in 2017. Got an interesting nugget from our trip out to the OC. Uh, the Ducks, the Anaheim Ducks plan to limit second overall pick, Leo Carlson, to only two games a week. Hmm. And uh, what what they're, I guess what they're seeing or tracking or trying to avoid is the rookie wall, which a lot of first year, especially teenagers, uh, will hit because it's a grind, man. The, the, especially you come from either, you know, Sweden or Russia or wherever over the Atlantic where they're not playing three games a week or four games in a seven day span. Uh, and they, you know, maybe the, 
the exuberance and the and the energy is there for a while and then it's just like wow in the you know somewhere in in january february it's like holy moly and what they would like to do is is build his game during the year rather than have it you know crash later on in it and uh you know pat verbeek their general manager former dallas star played as a teenager so he knows what that that feels like you know, different time and all that but still knows uh, the grind of an 82 game nhl schedule but what came to my mind was two things one if he plays like he did against the stars the other night they're gonna have a tough time healthy scratching yeah. him because he's such a t- big talented young player uh but this makes wyatt johnston's rookie campaign as a 19 year old even more sensational when you consider like he played every game last year and there, there, were, there was never a fall off, like no. zero zip. And Pete would put him up against, uh, have no problem putting him up against top center icemen and that. I mean, played a significant second line role. And uh, I, you know, he looks even better this year in the early stages. And, and DeBoer, I asked him about it yesterday and, and he said, would he, saw was even in the uh informal pre-training camp skates and that he he could see some some zip and skating in that and why it's i've forgotten about this why it said the difference this year he he didn't train differently but the difference was he trained because the year prior he basically had one month of off-season training and then welcome to the nhl yeah uh, and this year he had he had a, f- a few months. Last year uh, or the year prior, he, uh, that that weird Team Canada thing in the middle of summer and uh, an injury, and he, he couldn't get going in that. So I, I, he's just a remarkable uh, young talent. And man, he is on a. I, I'm projecting great things in his NHL career because oh, yeah. he's already started with it. Yeah, smart people get smarter. Uh, they use the information they get, and that's why they're smart. And you know, that doesn't it, seem I mean, to apply to us, Mike. Yeah, well, I know, but like when you we reach the at, getting dumber stage, I think <laughs> when you look at him and him one living with Pavelski, playing with Jamie, those are great things that help him. But the fact that he's so observant, he takes that information and applies it to his game. And then, you know, every little thing he learns, he gets to be a better player now. Okay. Now he puts him in a different situation where now he's got a chance to learn even more. And now he's going to take that and make himself a better player. It's, it's really fun to watch because he is, he's got hockey sense all over the place. Yeah. Shout out to Joe McDonnell, the stars, uh, amateur, the head of amateur scouting. He uh, has, uh, Jim Neal told you that story about the draft year. Yeah, it's isn't that something? Yeah, like he played seven games. Yeah, why played seven him, games in his yeah, draft? Don't, don't year. take him early. We can get him late. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, when they when they got him, like when it was their pick in that, and uh, as Jim tells the story, he's looking at Joe, and they've known each other forever. And he's like, "You sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> are kid? you sure? Like, he played seven games last year." And Joe's like, "Yep." He's and the one. Man, were they ever right? 
talented, uh, talented young guy. Toronto coming up on the schedule. I uh, I wanted to pit the West against the East, but it's all East now. There is no West in uh, on the Stars roster. Joe McDonnell oh, no. has made it all Ontario. Yeah, he, yeah they have. <laughs> Team Ontario, right. <laughs> much to my chagrin. It's it's Team Ontario and then uh, Tom Gillardi, Daryl <laughs> yeah. Ray's Kamloops Blazers that every now and then kind of pepper the, the prospect pool. <laughs> but it, I, I, it just goes to show what Joe has meant. And, you know, he's, he's obviously having a lot of success there right now. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, hey, want to feel young and informed? Sure. Like Wyatt Johnston? (laughs) Yes, that's why I bring it up. You can get your daily Stars fix by following the Dallas Stars on X. That's also Twitter, Mike, if you don't know. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. You can do one of your Tiki Talks there, Heike. It's the best place for team news, behind-the-scenes content. I think you provide that. And epic moments that you won't want to miss. One state, one team, Texas hockey. Okay. my Speaking of Kamloops, guys, my old teammate who coaches the Minnesota Wild, Dean Evison, went off on the moronic nature of morning skate. Did you catch that one? I have not seen Dean on that okay. one, but I've, I've heard a version from his friend, Daryl Ray. Yeah, well, <laughs> his, his quote... Why would you completely put your gear on, go exp- uh, expend energy, and then you've got a 15 or 18 minute warm up before the game to expend more energy, and then you're going to play the game? And Mike Sullivan, the coach of the Penguins, this was last year, called it the most overrated practice in hockey. And I think we went deep dive into that last year. But again, it brings up. It's a, you know, we just finished talking about how it, it's a learning curve for young players because it's such a grind in that. But they turn it into an even bigger grind. Yes. W- with all these mornings. Like you look at a typical game day and man, that that is an itinerary of. Uh, I, I love that old that old uh, quote. Who was it again? God. Anyway, he said he retired because he just got tired of showering. Because <laughs> he said, no, it, it wasn't anything. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. It, I just got tired of showering because you get up in the morning, have a shower, go to the rink, skate, shower, go back to the hotel, eat, sleep, wake up, shower, go to the game, prepare yourself uh, for the game, play the game, shower, and then move on with your day. A lot of showers. Yeah. yeah. Shower on the hour. The, uh, the, the game day ritual, and that's really what it is. It's it's just, it's a ritual. Um, you know, the I had such high hopes back when the Hurricanes had the stones to try to do away with it in 2006 and won. That, that's always, and I get it, you know, because it, it's a habit. And they, they're so detail-oriented, coaches, players nowadays. They, it's like me. I, I mean, my preparation, I have to write things down. If I don't have things written down, I don't look at them when we get going within the game. But if I don't have them written down, I don't feel like I'm, I'm confident that I'm prepared enough for the game that night. But sadly, what the Canes did in 06 did not gain any traction. And what, what they did... if. <sighs> What they did is they would open up the room 
like at four o'clock in the afternoon. And then the media could go in there and they made people available and, and you could mill about and get your stories and, and then move on. But they were only bringing their players to the rink once a day instead of twice. We spent a lot of time on buses in cities back and forth uh, from these skates. And then it always just seems like such a scramble in the afternoon to get back and fed, work out if you want, get your notes together, turn around, suit on, and, and back over to the arena again. Yeah, it does feel like a, like a bit of a grind when you're on the road. Um, and th- these morning skates are especially aggravating for goalies. You know, cause I, I've always said this, that a player can go out there and kind of go through the motions. They can check on a stick and see if their edges are fine on their skates or try something new, whatever it is. They have all their little buddies in the corner when they're waiting to run a drill. And for a goaltender, you can't half mile it. You just get lit up. And then yeah. what? You're just demoralizing. Your confidence goes into the sewer. So you have to put all that equipment on and then get out there. And there, there is no, you know, 75%. You don't no. just go out there and stand there and get hit by some and allow some in. Well, the concept the of the up, down, the up, down, the up, down. Oh, and then, on well. On your knees and your hips and everything. Yeah, just, just the wear and tear. Ottinger yeah. said he'd never morning skate if it was up to him. Way to go, yeah. Jake. I'm gonna, with He's going to lead a revolution. But what what the optionals do is it, guys get guilted into going out. You know, like a, it'll be a morning skate, but it's listed as an optional. And, you know, with the swelling of coaching staffs, the assistants want to get their hands on things and they want to run structured practices. And like, I I was stunned at what Evgeny Malkin put into the morning skate yesterday. Like he was out there forever. Took a bunch of shots. They only had about 10 guys on the ice. It was an optional, but man, then you watch the game at night and he was everywhere in the first period and nowhere in the third. And you wonder whether, you know, if you'd have saved some of that energy, would he have been a more dangerous player later in the game? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's let's go to other sports. Uh, you know, do you think that'll ever change? Do you think they'll finally just go? You know what? I thought it was going to. Uh, the one good thing is that the guys who love the morning skate, the Mike Keens of the world, are trending out of the game. Uh, and that was yeah, 20 years ago. Guy, but there I'm just, are guys there's now, There's still Mike. guys there, yeah. It's a whoopee blanket. Like they, Yeah, J- Jason Robertson wants to be on the ice four times a day, it seems like. Uh, you know what I like? I like what Joe—I th- I think everything should be like what Joe Pavelski does. He's Joe goes smart. out there, goes through the things that he feels like he needs to go through— and if you gave him the option to just leave, he's, he leaves after that. He doesn't yeah. stay around for all no. the other hooey. And he's, he has so much purpose in the time he spends on the ice. Yeah, that, uh, it's well, impressive. Yes. Like, it, yes. like the way that he works on his deflections, it's machine-like. It's so impressive to watch. And again, you're I, right. He's got a plan. The, the idea that you're just going through drill, drills to eat time for the sake of drills and that I, I've never gotten. Like, it should be game-specific. Yep. But just just when you look at it, I, I can't get over the insanity of what we do. You know, you go there, and it, they're out there for a half an hour to 40 minutes, the morning of a game, and then they go back 
they have this warm up for 15, 17 minutes before the game. So you still have that to check your edges, your yeah. sticks, whatever, and get ready. And then you got to play the game. It's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Let's, let's move to other sports. Okay. What is the, very quickly, what is the NHL equivalent of National Tight Ends Day? I love it. Mm. I love, I love the little subculture of the tight ends. Uh, you asked me this last week and, and I pondered it and I was almost going to go with goalies or backup goalies, but it has to be defensive defensemen. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, it's, that's your tight end. It's, it's Essa Lindell. It's Darian Hatcher. Those are your tight ends. They're not going to get their own day though. No, they never do. They don't even have awards. Like I was, I was thinking, what about Selkie trophy? Well, they get a Selkie trophy. Yeah. The defensive defensemen get no awards. Yeah, the Rod Langway, people have yeah. said for years, should be blockers, you know, tight ends, blockers, and what, yep. tough catch guys, right? Yep. Like, and a little squirrely. They've, they've got some personality. Some of them do, a lot don't of them. they? Yeah. Like, so a I'm, pop I'm like, singers national, seem to like the tight ends. National end. Stay at Home Defenseman Day. <laughs> Doesn't roll I, off the tongue, I does it? <laughs> what if I put a hashtag in front of it, Mike? There you go. Okay, that that would change it. I would say either National Stay at Home Defenseman Day or National Fourth Line Energy Guy Day. Ah, I like that. But then that's like your slot receiver, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Anyway, yeah. That, uh, that guy grew not, up in Little Elm. We get it. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> We, we, little, national little ball of hate day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, we get enough NFL news. We'll move on to Major League Baseball. Wow. And Mike, Mike, you wanted to talk about something. I'm sure the genesis of this uh, little, little mind thought bubble uh, came from uh, payback pitching. Yes. A little payback pitch. Indeed. Uh, so go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's. Us. It was the Rangers thing, and, it, and so much. It's so funny just because the the discussion is so liquid uh, that the Rangers kind of uh, actually changed the whole debate uh, with their games uh, six and game seven. But uh, the simple fact that if you hit a home run and then you celebrate, then you're going to get hit. I mean, that's just the way it is in baseball. And the fact that uh, Houston did it in uh, the uh, eighth inning of game five. Uh, just want to show that, you know, look, you can't do this. You can't show off because uh, we're going to take care of it. The players will take care of it. And I don't think the, the coaches get into it too much, but it's just like Jamie the other night uh, when he went back to Vegas. Well, somebody decided well, Jamie Ben's got to pay for uh, cross-checking our captain. And, you know, we, there it was. And Jamie fought. And it, it, you know, again, the players believe they have to police the situations. Um, and I was talking to Sevi about this the other day, and it is dumb. And he goes, but it's not. Because if you go and you hit my best player or you do something that I think is wrong, then I need to send a message to you that you shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, I, it's the same thing with baseball. Uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's interesting. I think the, the fact that, that uh, the Rangers guy uh, uh, started to fight and then that really kind of unraveled things, he should have just walked to first base, just like Jamie said, look, okay, I know I got to fight, so I'm going to fight, and I'm going to win the fight. Uh, you know, that's the way I think Jamie handled it properly. You know, in baseball, there's different ways of handling it. Of course, you hit a bunch of home runs in game six and game seven. That's also a pretty good way to handle it. But I, I yeah, like the fact that... That's payback. 
That is payback right there. And, and you know, I like the fact that the players are allowed to send the message. Because I think if you watch uh, Houston, I that was a dumb time to do it. But I think the, the pitcher clearly hit him on purpose because he was mad, you know. You know, you don't you don't celebrate. You don't show us up like that. And, yeah. you know, that's just one of the rules. OK, I, I have uh, a couple issues. OK, with. First, first off, congratulations to the Texas Rangers. They're OK. <laughs> the the idea, the, the perpetuation of the old school idea that a guy just, you know, took your best pitch and deposited it into the upper deck can't do anything other than run around the bases is ludicrous. Like again, sports entertainment. I get yeah. a kick out of this. They, they get their own walk-up music. Like it, it's a strut up music. It's a whole scene. And then they get up there and if they're successful to the nth degree, they're not allowed to celebrate that. They're, they're not allowed to, to do anything out of the norm. You can't watch it for too long. I don't, I don't know what the limit is. I don't know what the rules are on that, but you, you can't admire it for that long. You can't flip your bat in a certain manner. And if you do, well, either you or somebody else is just going to get a rib caved in uh, by a 98-mile-an-hour fastball to say, you know, don't do that again. I it's And then... And then when that happens, I've always wondered why Major League Baseball allows dugouts and bullpens to empty. <laughs> like, there was a time in, in hockey in the NHL where w- uh, if a fight broke out, everybody on the ice grabbed a partner. And what do you think comes from that? Well, two guys are tugging each other. Then the guy, you know, has the hairy eyeball and looks sideways at you and Maybe his eyes roll back in his head. All of a sudden, they're trying to punch the numbers off their helmets, and and away they go. So the league said, "No, when if a altercation begins, you have to peel back to your to your benches, your respective benches. And if if there's a second altercation, you guys are gone for the game. And what happens with that? Well, if there's a fight, there's a fight, but very rarely is there a second fight. Nobody mills around. They don't." stand around like a bar fight anymore you know no. <laughs> in a in a big circle and chant or like a high school fight 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 when it when it does happen but in major league baseball like two guys are staring at one another all of a sudden the guys are running in from left field and like what are you guys doing i get it it's it's a it's a probably a number thing is that why i mean you have one batter out there in the entire team but Still, I think there's a there's also of I'm here for you. I've got your back. And so whether it's even or not, I'm doing this for my teammates. I'm showing them I'm one of I'm in the fight with you. I'm not the one who's going to just sit in the in the dugout or I'm not just going to grab a guy and not fight. I'm going to fight for you. Seems like a lot of posing. It does seem like a lot of posing. Anyway, I. I like it. I love it. That was (laughs) That was intoxicating the other night when it went down. Oh, my God. But I just do not understand why you're not allowed to to have a little panache after bashing one out of the yard. That part of it, I I guess it's just old school, right? 
Yeah. Uh, right. It's the same thing with, like I said, with Jamie. I mean, yeah. you know, if you put a clean hit on the other team's best player, isn't that just a clean hit? You didn't get a penalty. Every, everything yeah. was great. But no, no, you can't well, do that. You've got to pay for it. Right. But that's changed, too, because that used to be get his number. Yeah. Because you didn't want to give it. the other side the advantage immediately by taking a penalty. And if you got, you, you'd pay him back later in the game. Or, yeah, it's a whole Vegas situation. Or, 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 back or, the next or, season. or, or, or depending on who it is that got hit. Yeah. You know, like some guys are off limits. And then when they do get taken advantage of physically, hell to pay. Oh yeah. And, uh, I, that, that will never leave. That will never leave. And game. I like that too. Like, I mean, if somebody were to, to take advantage of Wyatt, I think there'd be several people lining up to to defend their yeah. little Wyatt Johnston, their little brother. Yeah, uh, definitely. And and yet there's there's also that there's there's a category over here where it's like, hey, put him put himself in that position, or oh yeah, want, you know, needs to prove that he can take that. You got to get up immediately and show that they can't get to you physically and all that stuff. But yeah, is, it's, that, the, is that the young blood rule? It's, I believe it is. God, I watched that. I watched that penalty shot again the other night. Just that you want to talk about preposterous. Who, I mean, who kicks the puck with their skate to start it off first? And you got to be and a little bit cocky. I think it was Warren Skorodensky was in goal. He was, he was the <laughs> goaltender and he's doing all these calisthenics down there. Oh my God. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> Pretty boy, Rob Lowe. Uh, anyway, goal Rangers is the point, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what we've all been talking about. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, having two or three of the local pro teams win championships and, and book parades this year? That'd be great. Is this possible? Uh, well, it's so funny. I'm looking at Pete and, you know, whether he's known Bochi or not. And I'm looking at San Francisco. I'm going, well, like the Giants won three and the the uh, Golden State Warriors won. And Pete had them in the finals and the yeah. 49ers are in the Super Bowl. And I'm like, yeah. it's there are times when a city gets hot and it'd be really nice if this city got hot. Oh, Rangers are four wins away. I know. Stars were six wins shy in the spring. I think the Cowboys are a threat to win it all. They're a sure. threat to win it all. Well, Mavs, I don't know if, they've had, if they beat the Lions, I don't know if they can take that that oh that juggernaut down. Oh my God, <laughs> Dan Campbell's gonna have him just worn out by then. I think just That's from right, the yeah. post game speeches. <laughs> it's funny you talk about the great. morning skate. He wore, he wore him out last week. They don't have any energy left yeah. for the rest of the season. <laughs> They're a great story, but yeah, yes. I mean, you know, I'm so sick of Boston. <laughs> Barf Bastin. Huh? From Bastin. Why doesn't Dallas just give him a little taste of it? I like it. Yeah. Uh hey, so do you want to be a part of it? You want to be a witness? Stars fans, we built the most flexible ticket package for you this season. Build and customize. Your own three to five game ticket package for the 2023-24 season. And you can also receive exclusive benefits like Stanley Cup playoff priority access and discounts on merchandise. Got some nice swag, Mike Heike. Just visit DallasStars.com slash FlexPass for more info. 
So we finished up the uh, Pennsylvania two-step, the Flyers rebuilding, the Pens. I feel like they're an episode of This Old House. <laughs> That's fair. And like, it's funny because we were looking down at some of the players going like, eh, not that great. Uh, you know, he was okay. And I mean, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard when you get yeah. old. I mean, we've seen yeah. it here. Look at us just trying to fight our way well, through no. technology. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but one of the good things that comes from from being at an advanced age is there are a lot of uh, accolades that get get thrown at you and and admiration and uh, we saw that with the Dallas Stars Hall of Fame night second annual fun night at Gillies Hitch and Eddie went in together and I, I thought two terrific speeches from the individuals Hitch as always was note perfect talking about. And thanking people and talking about the origins, really, of of this franchise back in the nineties, uh, it was. I I always enjoy those nights. It was a it was a terrific mix. Uh, it was so good to have uh, you know Jim Nill and Pete DeBoer and their staffs and all the players there, along with you know the old guard and and that just a just a good fun evening. I think to look at the past and and both guys we're giving nods to the current, right? Saying, like, yeah. look, we did it, but you guys look like a club that can do it. No, definitely. And and I like the stories too. I mean, obviously I think both Hitch and Eddie had humble beginnings and that's always the way it seems like in, in athletics. But I mean, these guys had to fight their way up and then, then to be so thankful that, you know, they were able to go through it and to go through it in Dallas, or at least a part of their career in Dallas. It, it was really neat. I mean, like, there were people crying, and, and I think that's kind of cool. It, 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 there were moments in yeah. there where it really does touch yeah. your heart how hard they had to work to get what they got. Yeah. It, the nostalgia makes you emotional. Yeah. You know, and just considering that uh, what they provided, what they brought, what they left I think too, right? Legacies. Yep. And, uh, you know, Hitch with, I thought Bob Gainey gave a perfect explanation of why Hitch was such a, uh, excellent fit for that crew back then. What do you say about wanting to, to, uh, make sure that the players did things that they were uncomfortable with in order to, to win uh, it all and and just that relentless demand of of perfection and that was him uh and then Eddie with you know they don't win without him and and how I think through the years fans here have always gravitated first and foremost to goaltenders it's an easy p- position to understand in this sport all the way back to you know Andy Moog and Darcy Wakaluk through to Arthur Zerbe and Eddie and Marty and you know, Kari Letton and, you know, it's, it's been a rich position around yeah. here all the, all Dobby the way through even. It. I mean, he was a fan's favorite. Yeah. 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 So, uh, just excellent, excellent to see those guys and, and hear some stories and give the organization and them in particular, a big hug, right? Yes. Just a nice, a nice big hug for those boys. And, uh, Two two hockey hall of famers right there. That, well, that's, that's the other, not, yeah. It's no small potatoes. That's not just Dallas Stars Hall of Famers. Yeah, that is the hockey hall of fame. It's the autumn of Hitch. Yes, hall of fame Hitch. This 
uh, October and and November. Hitchcocktober, we'll call this. Hey, <laughs> we could. Good. We you got to use that accent, though. Hitchcocktober and Eagle Vember. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Anyway, have we talked long enough? Is that is that? I, plenty? I think we're getting close, aren't we? I don't know. You got anything else? No, I, I I did my Columbo moment early in the program. Remember? Yeah, you did. The the and that was a great, I, it was a great explanation on goalies. I think you see them better than most of us. I don't know about that, but okay, you uh, stink. The the one thing I I would and I'm not trying to to uh, jinx anything because I think fans you out there always I I don't know what you throw at your TVs or tablets when I say something about. A statistic and then boom, <laughs> gets blown out of the water. But what, like a shutout or something. It, uh, yeah, like <laughs> shutouts. <laughs> uh, but man, this is this has been a fantastic start to the season on the penalty kill side of things. Yes. And, uh, look, at an interesting little power play set there against the Philly Flyers, and the power play hasn't exactly been uh, offensively exotic to begin the season, but the penalty kill has been remarkable and perfect. Can, can the stars finish the opening month without a regulation loss? And can the penalty kill stay perfect for an entire month to begin the year? Wow. What do we got? Two games left. We got the Leafs. Two games left. Blue Jackets at home on the October schedule. And, uh, you know, I think a, a major, well, no, I don't think, I know a major reason why they have been able to garner and collect and and pocket points at the rate that they have this month is the, it's art of war, right? It's yeah. the, the potential or the possibility of victory falls on the offensive side of things. But invincibility is on the defensive side of things. And that's what they have have provided. Just an incredible run against some very talented crews. You know, not they're going to see they're going to get challenged tomorrow night. Yep. When this Leafs power play comes to town, because it was one of the very best last season, and they're throwing some different looks at it. I think coaches have finally, not finally, but for a long time, they were just running the same thing, uh, and some teams had better players and executed better at it but I was waiting for it's always that that uh is it yin and yang it's a battle it's between okay now the defensive side is caught up so now the offense needs to be more creative and then they get creative and it's like oh better figure this one out stuff that and I, it looks as though some power plays have have gotten even more creative and changed a little bit Correct. And and going at it differently. So it'll be a, a humongous challenge for the stars in that one. I'm done. That was my statement. That was your, your whole speech. Was, uh, if you watch a lot of football, uh, they are, have in the last couple of years gotten incredibly creative, like doing things that I think old school coaches would say, well, that's just stupid. And And I do think we could be trending into areas with the power play where, you know, Again, you got to be creative, and these younger players are creative. 
And so I do, I, I hope and I think we will see uh, some different sets, some different uh, attacking uh, strategies for, for not only the Dallas Stars power play, but the league. Well, we saw a different strategy from the Dallas Stars power play against the Flyers. It was, a, <laughs> it was an evening of toxic relationship and uh, momentary lapses in cerebral activity to the tune of three shorties against, but not fatal. No, not and an NHL history lesson right there. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's just, ever done that before yeah. and won a game. They're they're one of one. They are. <laughs> they are one of one, Mike. <laughs> one of one. So back here uh, after the, I guess it was the Confluence versus the Constellation last night in Pittsburgh. Wow. Monongahela, Allegheny, Ohio Confluence versus the the Milky Way of the Stars. And uh, they pick up the full two points as they throttle them 4-1 at home. Looking forward to this matchup, early season matchup between two teams that could find themselves meeting each other in, in June. I'd sign up for that. It's hard to believe you're talking about June, though, hey? Yeah. <laughs> that seems like a long way away, and it'd be yeah, late we're, June. We're five games in. I think we got yeah. a few to go. <laughs> I like getting ahead of ourselves, Mike. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go get some rest, huh? Uh, we shall see what goes on. And uh, uh, so far, it's been uh, everything we would expect to see in an early season. Good things, not so good things, and a lot of success from these Dallas Stars. Bye, Mike. Bye, Daryl. Oh, you're supposed to say bye to Tom. Oh, oh bye, Tom. <sighs> Till next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Razor. He's Heika. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. You know who uh, we were talking about, one of Tom's friends last night, and we were all just amazed and impressed. And Tom, you've done good. We're all very proud of you. That'll get edited out. Show your school pride with your fellow alumni at an upcoming Dallas Stars College Night. Stay with it, he scores! Discounted tickets are available and include a limited edition co-branded Dallas Stars hat with your school's logos and colors. Here's Johnston, he scores! Head to DallasStars.com slash college nights to secure your seats to your school's night. And then a shot, score!